The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? Kel Strong, Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, happy St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day. Happy Friday, everybody. This week has been nothing short of overstimulating. Um, therefore, as promised, we brought a friend on with us. We have Carmen Vitali of Fox Sports. Gang, gang! Today. That's me. That's me. Happy St. Patrick's Day from Chicago, which who takes it really seriously. Honestly, My, uh, I've always wanted to go to the St. Patty's Day parade in Chicago. Like the whole concept of like dying the river green, like the commitment that your city has for this, this festival or this date, this holiday, there's what I'm looking for. Is My, a really good friend of mine from childhood uh, texted the group chat that we have of all of us and texted us a picture of his parents at a bar at 8 a.m. on the south side Let's on like one other in Pulaski. Like, yes. I want to be that when I grow up. Like, none of us, all of us were like, you know, no, I got work to do right now because we're all meeting up later at like 1 p.m. Yeah, that's what later is on St. Patrick's Day. But our friends' parents are the ones that are hitting it hard at 8 a.m. at a bar on the south side of Chicago, which honestly goals. Seriously. Goals. Right. That's what I'm saying. They like they're like yeah. all Irish too. So, you know, I, they take it very seriously. I feel honestly, uh, Megan and I are Irish, so this feels like our holiday. Um <laughs> yeah. Carmen, are you I feel like everyone's a bit Irish. Are you a bit Irish? No, I actually felt very out of like I felt very left out growing up because the town that I grew up in is very heavily Irish and <laughs> a lot of people here in this, like I grew up in a, in a suburb, but there's like, there's a big Italian population, which is what I am and Polish, which is what I am. But I was always, I felt really left out every time St. Patrick's Day especially rolled around because I was like, I'm not, I can't wear the kiss me on my Irish beads because I'm not Irish. But everybody's <laughs> Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Everyone is Irish. Exactly. That's the spirit. Yes. Speaking of feeling left out, the I'm going to make a corny transition. So get ready for it. it. There was Love one it. man specifically in the Dallas Cowboys roster that got left out of the final count this week, which I can't decide if people were expecting 
or maybe they knew it was a possibility and it just felt like surreal. But Ezekiel Elliott has been designated as a post June one cut. So he will not be wearing a 21 or a star in his helmet come next season. Megan, how are you feeling? Like this is a big moment in time for us. Personally, I'm unwell. Um, it seems as though Dak Prescott shares that sentiment as he uh, posted a really, to me, sad um, Instagram story last night with his 214 hat yeah. and then gave a little heart to Ezekiel Elliott. Um, that made me sad. Um, it's just, it's one of those things where it's it's really weird because he's so integrated into every part of this team and this like brand at this point so to see him um leave is kind of surreal is a good word for it um but i hate it (laughs) carmen was this like something i mean first of all really quickly i think you guys we 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 are team no new friends at this point it feels like on this show because we just love who we love and so carmen is one of our regulars at this point and also just one of our dearest friends and if you guys don't follow her you should already she is like popping off all over the place. I mean, you're on the Coward, Colin Coward show. Like you're on K, like like Kay Adams' show. Like you're just like such a boss. Like it's so freaking fun watching you, watching you soar. But I say all that because you've really had your pulse. You've had your hand on the pulse of free agency for a hot minute. And this is one of the ones that I feel like just due to the the nature of the halo effect of who you hang out with, you had to know was probably coming. Was this as surprising to you, an outsider who like actually does this for a living and is objective? Unlike you know, let's be honest, love Megan and I, but like maybe not as much. Was it? It was it a shock, or were you like, nah, this is this made sense? No, uh, I was I was the latter, just because if you look at this again from a business perspective, this is where the, yeah, the business of the industry really comes into play, and you realize that no one is ever safe if it can save you money off the cap. And I think when they tagged Tony, Pony Tollard, um, <laughs> they <laughs> Cowboys running backs now. We all know why. Um, I, I, you kind of saw this coming because you just can't afford to invest that much money in that position and um i so i thought that that was probably a really good there was a really good chance that zeke was going to get let go and lo and behold i mean that's the thing especially when you got kind of the same amount of production out of tony more production you know this year and he seems to be trending upwards still so yeah i just from a business perspective it doesn't make sense especially at that position too you can't invest that much money so let's talk about that position for a minute too, because I feel like paying running backs is one of the hottest topics that is evergreen in the NFL space. And there's a lot of people that are just super anti doing it in general. But you know, one of the things too coming out of this Tony Pollard versus Zeke situation is Zeke's ability to be a starting running back. Obviously here at the Cowboys, he suffered some setbacks and he wasn't who he was before, but he still had himself a pretty solid season, all things considered. Do you think it's viable that a guy like that, the production level that he's been putting out? I mean, I, I, I'm i sorry, I'm, I'm being a bad host right now, but I, I do have the numbers. But either way, like they are, they're decent figures that he's putting up on the board. Like it's nothing to phone home, home about. And, you know, it's not like the best season he's ever had, but it's still respectable nonetheless. I just think in general, we're seeing a big shift though, into this 
running back by committee type approach to the position. And so you don't need 1,500 yards out of your running back, not to mention it's still a passing league. I think that it's kind of coming around a little bit evolutionarily. The the game itself is coming back around to focusing on some part of the run scheme, but that's not the ask anymore. And in a passing league, when you have to make up ground with your receivers and your skill players like that, even running backs that can catch, those are being, I think those are the guys that you're seeing go at a premium. You look at what happened with Christian McCaffrey over in San Francisco. Obviously Alvin Kamara is still one of the best running backs in the league because of the fact that he is not only a running back, but he can also act as a receiver. So when you have these pure running backs, I feel like a lot of teams are now opting to do the running back by committee thing where you only need like seven, 800 yards rushing out of these guys and you can rotate them. You can keep these guys fresh and that ends up being more effective in the long run for teams. But that probably goes into why running backs are, there's a sentiment that you shouldn't pay running backs because you don't necessarily need one to be a superstar to be successful. Right. So I want to switch gears a little bit because I think um, that's, that's something that we've talked about a little bit too. And I think we all agree the running back by committee. I think it's great insight. I, I do feel like you mentioned something that, this team does need though. And that's the receiver position. That's been an area of contention. And with Dalton Schultz, admittedly, like looking like he might be out the door, that was at least one receiving threat. Um, You don't know what's going to happen with T.Y. Hilton. You know, you've got just, you, you, you did all right with the guys that you had previously, but it wasn't anything to phone home about. Even guys like Noah Brown, who, you know, listen, like Noah Brown is Noah Brown, but he still showed up for this team and was a component. And I even feel like having that guy and his departure feels like a bit of a loss more so than it might've been if we felt secure in this position. So, you know, you've got guys like OBJ on the free market. That is someone that they knew was, you know, going to be a target for the Cowboys, at least, you know, in theory, but do you feel like there's viable options for this team at wide receiver that are still up on the board? I know you've talked a lot about free agency targets and the best available, but there's been a lot of movement here in just the last couple of days since the windows open. And, you know, I'm should Cowboys nation be nervous about who is left and what their options are. I mean, I think everybody should that needs a receiver because it's not a good receiver free agent class and it's not a good receiver draft class either there's limited options across the board. So I also like to say that just because they're not a free agent or just because they're not a free agent doesn't mean they're not available. Basically. Like you can, you can pull off trades. I don't know how likely the Cowboys are to do something like that, but I think the loss of Dalton Schultz is very interesting because even if you got like an OBJ, you have CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb is a great all around receiver, right? But what you lost in Dalton Schultz was that red zone receiver and that red zone target, the one that could be productive within the 20s. And you don't have another guy, a big guy that can still do that. And like CD can do it, sure, but he's not the big bodied like Mike Evans. I, 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 I hearken back to like my days with the Bucks, like a Mike Evans type where he's just really big and built and he can go up and get these balls in and and can make those contested catches. I think that that's, you need to look at what kind of receivers 
you guys, I feel like any team has on the roster and then what they need necessarily. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm being distracted right now. Yeah, like, you know what? <laughs> don't be a chicken. Come on the show. You're going to be a distraction. It's well, going to the gym right now. That's, I'll just tell you, it's going to the gym right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have a... Big. I have a question to steer us back on topic real quick, but it's one that I feel like you have a good insight on. Um, So you've seen uh, Mike McCarthy, you know, under his play calling era before. Um, How do you think there's two guys on the market that we keep hearing about? It's OBJ and it's D hop. Um, And for whatever reason, the Cowboys seem very uninterested in DeAndre Hopkins. Mm Do you think that has to do anything with like Mike McCarthy's play calling that he like is like looking like what he's looking for in a receiver as the play caller now? Like does DeAndre Hopkins just not fit that like what he's done in the past or what do you think about that? That's interesting. I haven't really considered that. But now, I mean, I'm thinking back to like I, I watched McCarthy with his Packers teams and like growing up and I'm trying to think of the different cast of characters I saw on all of those teams and likening that now to what the Cowboys have they definitely don't have they're not built the same way I mean you had like you always had a speedster you always had a bigger threat he did always rely on his tight ends um you always you always had a really good receiving tight end on those teams bigger guys um yeah I mean I think that I don't know whether it's it's the price of D-Hop more that's prohibiting them than it is scheme I think that D-Hop even in his older age can fit into a scheme I also think though that he wants to be a number one and if you're you have CD and you've told he's spent one year now being the number one after Amari left I just feel like you don't want to have to then bring like rein him a little bit in. So I, I just don't know if that's a good match for other reasons. I don't think it has yeah. to do schematically. I think OBJ, I'm not sure if he's under the impression that he's not a number one anymore. I don't, I, cause I don't think he's a number one anymore. And if he's cool with that, so. great. But I don't, I don't the, know if he's there. We'll see. The D hop one's just like kind of, it it kind of baffles me and I'll kind of hold my tongue a little bit, but he's essentially said like, I will do whatever you want if you make me a cowboy. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of surprised that they're not entertaining that more. And I wonder if it's just, and obviously there's not going to be an answer from anyone on this, but like at the moment, but I'm wondering if it's because they're like so set on OBJ and they're not looking at anything until they figure that out. Um, but yeah, I was, I was just curious cause it makes no sense why they're really like not expressing any sort of interest in him, like not picking up his agent's calls and doing all that crap. Like, yeah, unless the, uh, you know, having to I can't trade get for him. Good, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like other than like having to trade for him though, and having to give right. up assets to do it, that I feel like has more to do with the front office though. And, yeah, and, well, and Stephen and Jerry, and they're you know how I feel about those two. Yeah, well, I think I know how <laughs> most of the country feels about those two, yeah. and most of Cowboys fan base. But yeah, I think that they also <laughs> um, downplay the needs. I, we saw it last year. I mean, I I still can't believe they got away with not 
signing another major wide receiver. Like I just, I, I cannot, mind. I cannot fathom the fact that they insisted they were going to be okay. And then it ended up being the Cowboys downfall and they're still like, no, we, we wouldn't have done anything differently. Like what? It's illogical. And it's like, I can't decide if I think it's ego or like pure delusion. Like I'm like, guys, like I know, I, I know better than to look for logic in illogical situations, but like, this is crazy. Like this doesn't even make sense. And like, you're I I don't get it I don't know how you justify it I I've, I've heard them and it it's like the Charlie Brown teacher where it's like womp 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 but I'm like <laughs> none of what you're saying is like actually connecting coherent the dots. yeah like yeah. it's like what like and it's now- that Billy Madison uh monologue <laughs> the principal <laughs> gets up and like we're all dumber for having heard you speak and may God have mercy on your soul literally every time they talk yeah, but I, mean, Wait, it's, I think it's also the Madison? Cowboys in the news too. No, I've never seen Billy Madison, so I'm just gonna be like, yeah, oh my gosh, that oh. is that. <laughs> you need to see. I it. was like, we mentioned a movie. We have to check in with our anti-movie <laughs> aficionado. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody listening should probably know what I'm talking about, even if Kelsey yeah. doesn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> what Carmen said. No, I don't know. I, I so I guess that actually brings up a great point, and I'd love to know your opinions too. Like, if you were to grade you know, the teams, you can go NFC, you can go full NFL, you could go, you know, but like giving the Cowboys a grade thus far in free agency, just from what you've seen from a high level and maybe some of your standouts that you feel like have actually really done well from another team's perspective on, you know, who's performing well in free agency, because I'll be honest, like anytime the free agency window comes open, I'm just like, yeah, like I, I'm sure there's like 10 million names that hypothetically could make sense on the Cowboys and they're not going to do anything about it. So like, I'm not even going to try anymore. They did make some moves this year. I'll give them that. But you know, I, I, which was weird too. Like they've never ever prioritized the secondary. I've got to believe that's a damn thing, thing, which, you know, God bless DQ forever. But still like if you're putting a letter grade on the Dallas Cowboys thus far, and then picking a couple other teams that you're like, you guys should aspire to be like them in free agency. Who would it be? Uh, that's an interesting question. I grade wise, I'm tempted to like do the cop out and go incomplete because I can't think that this is it. Obviously for most teams, this is not it. It's just the free first week. But like, I think I would go with a C just because there's room for improvement, obviously. But I don't, I did like the Stefan Gilmore pickup because you know, like, you had a strong secondary for the most part. You just didn't have a deep one. And you, and then that came back to bite you with injuries. And so you learned from that. So I'm going to give you credit for learning from that. And you signed Stefan Gilmore, who is, yes, what, 30, 32 years old, um, but still a fantastic player, had a good year last year. And I, but I mean, obviously there's some very, there's glaring holes to fill. There's major holes to fill still. And whether or not they do anything about that in free agency or they have faith in their draft evaluation process and can make it happen with whatever capital they have. Um, that's from a very high level. Like don't nobody come for me on that because I'm I don't I don't cover the Cowboys very closely. Um, I cover them from a national perspective, but yeah, right. I'm not in the trenches there in Dallas. But I mean it's interesting. I don't know what team I would want them to act like as far as in free agency, but a uh, team that hits close to home because I literally live here is Chicago. And I 
I grew up a long-suffering Bears fan. I now cover them for Fox Sports. I cover them and the rest of the NFC North teams. But I have never in my life had as much faith or trust or understanding of what they're doing. I'm usually the one, like, you guys baffled at, like, what the hell is going on here. Like, you are making absolutely no sense. You have, you're not thinking two steps ahead. You're just thinking now you're trying to placate Bears fans because you don't actually know how to win. I have been doing this my whole life. And then to see Ryan Poles come in with all of this, and granted the Bears had all of this capital to work with, and I get that. They have all these resources. They have a ton of draft capital, especially after trading the number one pick. But I really like what they've done, and I think that all teams should do this in the sense that they prioritize value over everything. Like, if they see it, they loaded up on linebackers. That wasn't the biggest need for them. I mean, it was a need for sure. There was they needed a one one weak side linebacker very badly. They went out and they got two guys that I don't even know which one's going to be the weak side linebacker. One's going to be middle, one's one's weak. And you gave a almost max deal to one of them in Tremaine Edmonds from the Bills or the former Bill. And then you got T.J. Edwards, who was the defensive signal caller for a Philadelphia defense last year. That was insane. It was the best defense in the league. So I. But I love that because I'm like, all right, that's where the value lied for you. That's what you're going to get the biggest return the most immediately. And also like TJ Edwards deal. I think he got like 12, it was like a $12 million. It was, it was something really like his 12 million in guarantees, something very small for a three-year deal. And they got a guard when we were like, well, there was more of a tackle need, but you kind of see how all the pieces are now going to fit and how they're sending this entire rebuild into warp speed. And I just really appreciate that approach. And everything they've done has made a ton of sense, even if you that wasn't the obvious move. So Bears are great, um, I, which is I'm not used to saying. The whole NFC North has kind of just picked up each other's players. Too. I saw you tweet about that. You're like, it's probably one of the most like, it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, incestuous. Yay! Is what it is. Yeah, it's variants. I mean, like, David Montgomery is now a lion. Um, yeah. And the Bear, Bears fans, that was a surprise. Bears fans, I think, really thought, and I thought that they were going to end up holding on to David Montgomery. But again, I think that this is a testament to the, what do I want to say? The variety or like the, there's just a lot of variety within how teams approach that position and which ones think it's worth paying. I mean, yeah, David Montgomery's salary, I think is eight and a half million, but the bears were like, no, we're going to, we've got a young guy on the roster. They um, picked up Deontay Foreman yesterday. So they're going the running back by committee thing. They're not needing a superstar because they also have a, a, a quarterback that can run. So when you have that, you don't need to lean on. And I was kind of afraid of that with Dave Montgomery. But anyway, I'm rambling. I just think that when you go for value over need, and I think to some extent the Cowboys did that. They did that with Stefan Gilmore. They saw that there was a there was value there. He, he came at a team-friendly cost, and he's going to help the team whether or not that was your first need. So I don't know. I mean, maybe, I'll put my hand up on this one because someone said that was such a Howie move. And while I hate the Eagles, that's <laughs> Howie. And that was a nice compliment. <laughs> that is a nice It compliment. was. Although I'm not entirely sure 
the Eagles plan either. I trust Howie because yeah. of how he put together this team and how well they've because done. Because of how he put it together? Hey! Yeah, but I'm... Uh, hey. That jokes. For free. Bonus. Uh, no, I just... But, like, some of the, si- the re-signings and stuff... I mean, I guess that they know that they're still within their Super Bowl window. They can get back there next year. But, like, some of the re-signings, I was kind of confused about... But it's fine. I like I trust whatever they're doing. And yeah. that's that's a luxury that not many teams have, I understand, is to be like, no, I trust our GM. Um, but yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> One thing yeah, I'm probably not relatable for Cowboys. This what? is this is still in the free agency vein, but I have to know. I I hope you're up. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers thing. Are you probably, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, what do you think about the Aaron Rodgers move? I literally you was like, saw this coming, but yeah, I'm dying. Well, the move hasn't happen. happened. So, oh, that, I mean, I thought it that pretty was, much did. Are we just still tampering a little bit? No. Well, so I actually, I did have a friend that reached out to me asking, like, please explain to me, like, I'm five, why this isn't tampering. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Uh, it's because the Packers granted Rogers permission to speak to the Jets. So, yeah. all of the conversations, public and private, are now fair game. As okay. far as my understanding goes. So that's why that's not tampering. It was very interesting on the um, McAfee show. God, eh. you, if you could see this podcast, you'd see how much I'm rolling my eyes. Um, <laughs> that he got as close to the line as you could because he was asked if there were any other teams that had been interested and in that he had been in talks with. And he did say yes, but he didn't say which other team. So like that's as close as you can get with saying, yeah, I was tampering before. But um, because there was no other team given permission to speak to him. But uh, he very not so subtly alluded to the fact that it was the Las Vegas Raiders and he was going to reunite with Devontae Adams. It just that didn't end up being a good situation. I don't know the whole (laughs) I had to watch the whole interview uh, because it's my job, (laughs) which is fine. And the yeah, I mean, (laughs) The amount of times it just hurts because like the amount of times he contradicted himself over and over again. Yeah. And I was like, I, I I can't make sense of any again, don't apply logic to an illogical situation, right? Um, it's like he was 90% retired when he went into his darkness retreat, but then he came out and then saw that the Packers were shopping him, even though at the end of the season he said later that he knew that they were planning on moving on, or it was obvious they were planning on moving on. All of a sudden, he's surprised, and now he's like, oh, I want to play still. But that wasn't the reason why he wanted to play still, but that's not the reason that he wanted to go to the Jets. He's not playing out of spite because he's not offended, but he's – it just – none of it made sense. If I'm talking in circles, it's because he was too. And I'm like, right. Yeah. all right, bro. So basically, you went into the darkness thinking that you were going to retire. You came out with the same thing. You found out that the Packers were shopping you if you just did decide to come back and you got your feelings hurt and you were in your feelings about it. And so now you want to go to the Jets and spite them. So you're playing next season out of spite. You probably also want to prove that you can outdo Favre as a Jet. I That's some, not something I've heard anybody talk about, but he is absolutely that kind of competitive guy where – he wants to make sure, like he even said, is it competitive or is it petty? 
It's com- it's petty. It's competitive. Petty it's narcissistic. It's egotistical. Nice. He said in the thing where in the interview that he was arguably the best player to ever play for the Packers, and I was like, Bart Starr won five championships with them, something like that. Like, or went to the Super Bowl five times. Like, bro, you have one Super Bowl under your belt. I know that you've been there for eighteen years, and that's impressive. But let's not like in a in a franchise that's as storied and tradition rich as the Packers is bro maybe don't say that kind of so like I feel like he's out to prove that and he can do that by going to the Jets and then like blowing past Favre's stats with the Jets and all that other stuff I don't know that's just me uh my opinion of you know having gotten to know him a little bit but and by God's know him cover him for he's it's just it's I just hate how like everyone still hangs on his every word and I'm like, we're feeding the monster. The reason he acts like this is because we condone it. We enable it. But it will, it has to eventually happen. He's not going to be a Green Bay Packer next year, regardless of what happens. Either he retires or he ends up with the Jets. Like if this falls through with the Jets, he'll retire. Uh, the Packers have made it clear that they don't really want him. They're moving on to Jordan Love. Um, I also, though, I hope it does work out with him to the Jets for the sake of Joe Douglas's job. I don't think Joe Douglas survives this if it doesn't happen. So um, there's some real live consequences uh, and implications to people's livelihoods that are on the line here. And I'm not so sure that he understands that, but hopefully it all works out. Or cares. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, well... <laughs> us and the rest of Cowboys Nation I think we all feel similarly to you know we can agree with the Bears and the rest of the NFC North on this one goodbye <laughs> yeah. Good out of the NFC in general I don't yeah. know if he's going to be able to beat the Cowboys still uh as a Jet we'll see that would be I've, really been happy. Though, I've been saying all that the Jets really need is a quarterback like an experienced quarterback so I was saying if Tom Brady didn't retire, I would be like, maybe. They honestly, yes, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like the Jets are in a very similar situation as the Bucks were when Tom came. And they have a really great defense. They, a young one too. They've got some really fun weapons, uh, offensive rookie of the year, you know. And I just think that they could benefit from an experienced quarterback for sure. But uh, what you have to give up for Rodgers as far as the trade and whatever compensation Green Bay is trying to work out right now, on top of the salary you're going to have to pay him, restructure or not, anything short of a Super Bowl is not worth it. And so I hope for their sake that that happens. I don't. (laughs) It can be in the Um, AFC. The Cowboys can still get in from the NFC. It's fine. That's true. Um, speaking of, um, you know, shopping around in free agency, you know, since Zeke will no longer be with the Cowboys and if he's shopping around to be a running back one questionable, um, where would you think is a good landing spot for him? And if you say anything in the NFC East, I'm going to ignore it. (laughs) I was actually going to say it doesn't necessarily make the least sense to go to the Eagles now that Miles. Sanders, I know I've been hearing that one already. Um, yeah, that one, that one doesn't. Well, make the Marco Murray on it. Um, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, you're probably safe from the other teams. I God only knows what Washington's gonna do, but obviously the Giants have Saquon, so um they you know tag team. So um yeah, there's to be a running back one, it's like you've got limited options, although I don't know what's gonna materialize out of this Austin Eckler Chargers situation. Um that's an interesting one. Ellen Moore is there now. Intriguing. Yes. We all thought um, that the rush would end up there with Kellen going there, but yeah. But I mean it. yeah, the, the wider the the running back market is is just really interesting and just varies. I don't it's very unpredictable. So I mean I think you know a couple of those teams would be something that you would look into, but a lot of these teams again are just if you want to be a true RB1, I, there's just, there's not, A, there's not a lot of teams that need that. B, there's not a lot of teams that deploy that anymore. And yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. We we'll see how, see how long he sits. Yeah. I, I would bet <laughs> that he sits for a little while though. Yeah. Sad. I'm sad. It's fine. <laughs> if it was a DeMarco Murray situation, that would be so weird. Like, that would be so weird. It's funny to see, like, uh, of course, like, I'm I'm friends with a lot of Eagles fans um, somehow. And they, you know, they've been talking crap on Ezekiel Elliott's name the, since the day he put on a Cowboys jersey. And then the second we talk about releasing him, they're like, he should come to the Eagles. I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> Literally that. You're like, cool. I mean, talk about being petty. Eagles fans are very petty and they would, I mean, well, this just happened with the bears too. The bears just got Robert Tunyon, who was one of Rogers favorite. He's the tight end for the Packers came back after an ACL injury this past year. And I mean, that's, that's, that's Bobby T that's that he was, you know, very notorious for being one of Aaron Rodgers' guys. And now he's a bear. And I just think that that's, I think the entire city was like, really excited about it not even because he's a good tight end and the bears could use a couple you know a couple more of those but because he was a packer and now he has to be <laughs> honestly i i always am on team petty so like i get it mm-hmm. um but i still want the eagles to lose at all costs so always always whatever lose. it takes no All comment. Right. My entire family's from Philly, so. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Mine too. I'm literally having. Yeah, she's like that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, yeah, uh, yeah. They they're rabid, like silver linings playbook type Eagles fans. So it's real fun. I have rabid Vikings fans in my family, so fine. Mm. Not really the same. Those are but... fun though. They're they're very nice, at least. Vikings. Fans I know. Are very nice. It's weird because I'm like, I'll I'll be like talking to my dad, and he's like, I'm like, did you? talk crap to them yet like he, he's like i can't because they don't say anything back nah. they just say they're not we're, they're not we're doing this year. <laughs> you walk through a tailgate at u.s bank stadium even if you're wearing opposing colors and you will still be offered a brat or some sort of cured meat and cheese and a beer and what, the people are very nice i even Sounds remember like Packers fans are weirdly like I think all no Bears fans aren't like this, but every other fan in the NFC fan base in the NFC North is extremely nice. I remember for the NFC championship game going with the Buccaneers, and my brother and my dad were there with me. I got to take them to the game while I was working. And they were sitting in the seat. So they had head to toe box gear on. They were so 
you know, all in on my team because I worked for them. Didn't matter. Plus, you know, they grew up Bears fans, so they're not, you know, or my brother grew up Bears yeah. fans. Um, so they're walking around in like head to toe Bucks gear. And the amount of trash talk that was happening back and forth was just like, it was incredible. It was like a, hey, I hope you all have fun today, but I hope you don't win. And I'm like, what? And they were like, literally my dad and my brother got handed beers by like, just by guys in like green and gold suspenders. It was, it was incredible. It was incredible. I was like, this is how, I mean, this is, it's a game. It's fun. It's this yeah, is how it should exactly. always be. It's very cute. I think my dad, who was the one that grew up in Philly, was like so oh taken aback. He was like, <laughs> Eagles fans could never. There has to be like one team in your division that has like that fan base, you know? And we have Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Although I will say it's really only when they're playing the Packers. Like Bears fans and Packers fans are really hostile towards each other. Like you don't want to go to Lambeau wearing a Bears jersey and you don't want to go to Soldier Field wearing a Packers jersey because there will be beer thrown on you instead. Well, at least there's some semblance of competitiveness left in the Midwest because I, for one, appreciate team pettiness, although I would not want to get a beer thrown on me. But it is kind of funny occasionally when you have that level of like fandom with a team. Yeah. Like, I'm afraid to go to Texas Tech Stadium, but I like I'm I'm afraid to go to Lubbock. I still want to go once. I mean, I've been there. They're just drunk. They're not that hard. They're not like terrible. <laughs> they're drunk people with tortillas like it's not that intimidating honestly <laughs> i wouldn't can go scared. for every nfl fan base they're just drunk <laughs> they're just drunk it's totally with drunk. tortillas that's yeah. the that's their shtick i'm like what a waste of tortillas i can think of so many Do they other like things throw to tortillas at people on the field yeah that's the thing they're odd. I, I would eat it. and what happened i would, eat it. I would yeah. eat it i'm like at least put like Make it a taco and throw it to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. All right, guys. Well, um, this has been the most fun. And um, you guys didn't know it, but I let my dog out while we were doing this call, too. So you guys just got all productive. Multitasking. Multitasking. Women, women multitasking, chef's kiss. Like, <laughs> in rule the world. I can do it all. <laughs> in the rain, nonetheless. It's totally with high heels. Yeah, with high heels and makeup. Um, mm -hmm. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We do appreciate you taking the time today. And Carmen, you're the best for always coming on and giving us the best content. Let the good people know where you are at and what you are working on currently. Uh, you can follow all of my stuff at Carmen mm -hmm. B on Twitter, on Instagram. My articles appear on foxsports.com. Uh, this week was very, <laughs> excuse me, Aaron Rodgers heavy. And uh, I will be getting around to the rest of the division uh, next week a little bit more. And actually, our good friend David Hellman and I just dropped a new mock draft on FoxSports.com. So go check it out. It's great. Oh, Don't yell at me too much, especially for my Jets pick. I got weird with it because they're probably not going to have that pick if this Rodgers thing goes through. So It's kind of fun, though, in theory. Yeah. Exactly. All right, guys. We'll make sure, sure you look for the next milk hunter, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot with you. Make sure you're subscribed to the Blog Boys Podcast wherever you're podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple, iTunes, or Stitcher. Also, come hang out with Megan and I on social media too. I am at Kelsey underscore Charles on Twitter, and I'm at Hey Kelsey Charles on Instagram. And Megan is at Meg Murray with four R's on Instagram and Twitter. And because uh, Carmi and I both 
are the suffering souls of families from Philly. That was some alliteration if you need it. There's some really important words we always like to leave you find people with. And Megan, those are? Dallas forever, Philly for never. Birds are not real. Birds are not real. Bye, guys. <laughs>